What up, potty people, and welcome back to Clipped. I'm Eric, your host, and Clipped delivers top-notch podcast production tips, valuable resources, industry insights, and education to help make every podcaster's life easier. My mission is to help you start, grow, and monetize your podcast. And hey, if you're looking for more information about how I can help you start, grow, and monetize your podcast, head on over to thepodcasthaven.com. That's my production company and the ecosystem that this show, Clipped, falls into. On the site, there's tons of weekly articles providing education and resources and everything that you would ever need to know about starting, continuing to grow a podcast. So hit me up, check out the resources, and uh, yeah, hope you dig it. Alrighty, guys, this week I'm chatting with Craig Hewitt. He's the founder and CEO of Castos. And if you didn't know, Castos is a podcast hosting and analytics platform. In this episode, we're going to be talking about his journey to starting the company, the challenges he faced, and how he managed to build a successful company without a tech background. We touch on so many cool things in this episode. Craig is super chill, easy to talk to, and he's really just got a vision for his company that I admire and I respect. In addition to learning about Craig's background, we're talking about Castos Originals, which is a slate of new podcasts. Some are out now and some are going to be launching in the next few months. And these aren't like your average podcasts. With these, they're really trying to push the boundaries of podcasting and explore new ways to engage with listeners. Speaking of engaging with listeners, we're going to be talking about direct listener support, which is a new feature that Castos is rolling out under the banner called Castos Commerce. So this is kind of like a unique approach to people monetizing their podcasts without a big network or without thousands and thousands of downloads. Uh, what's really cool about this too is that Castos doesn't take a percentage of the money from this program. So we'll learn more about that. We're also going to be talking about his blog. As you know, I'm big on blogging. I'm big on repurposing podcasts into blogs and writing additional written content to help grow your online footprint and uh, expand your ecosystem. Craig and his team have been blogging for about eight years and they use the money from the blog to pay for their annual company retreat. And it just so happens that we recorded this episode a few weeks ago and the day after we recorded it, Craig left for Greece for the company retreat and they were able to pay for all of that or the majority of that from the money that they make from the blog. So that's a really cool part of the story. You're going to learn about that and some other things about company culture and the way Craig looks at leadership and his role in being a steward to the earth. Anyway, enough of me talking. Pumped for you to check out this episode with founder and CEO of Castos, Craig Hewitt. Let's give it a go. Craig, welcome to the show. Hey, Eric. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I'm stoked to finally be talking to you. I've been following you on social media and definitely uh, familiar with Castos. As my audience now knows, you are the CEO and founder of Castos. And we'll get into all that story in a little bit. But my first question is, so where are you originally from? Well, it's a two-parter. So where are you originally from? And like growing up, did you, did you notice in yourself any kind of like leadership qualities or like the drive to maybe want to be an entrepreneur, even if you didn't really know what that was? Mm, great question, man. Yeah, so I'm originally from Orlando uh, and have lived like all around. So like I went to school in Nashville, then I did graduate school in Cleveland, lived in Savannah, Nashville, San Diego, New Orleans, and then we spent five years in France. 
and decided to come back to the States about a year and a half ago. We're in Providence, Rhode Island now. So, so like traveling around is kind of a big part of my identity, I guess, and like kind of who, who I am and, and to my like core values um, that like variety and culture and exposure and travel is, is really big. The question about like, did I ever see myself as a business owner? Like I'm a third, probably fourth generation entrepreneur. Like my dad, his dad, his dad, we're all like business owners. I'll say it's at least well accepted in my family that like you you do your own thing, you make your own way, you know, lifestyles, time with my kids, all this kind of stuff. It's been something that has been in our family like a long time and it's it's pretty natural for me. At this point, I definitely wouldn't have it any other way. Dude, no way. That's cool that it's like a generational thing like that. My wife's family is kind of like that. My family's super supportive, but a little bit more of like the traditional background, but they were always like, yeah, go do whatever you want. So Okay, man. So that explains a lot. So yeah, it's kind of in your blood, which is really cool. And I feel like kind of rare these days. Maybe that was in mind. And then your journey into starting Podcast Motor, which as I understand was your company before Castos. And it's funny because I feel like I saw the website and I was familiar with that maybe in like and I, this could be wrong, like 2017, 2015. <laughs> Forever ago, yeah. I want to say like Podigy, Podcast Motor. There was a few of them when I was sort of like freelancing and thinking about starting like a production agency. So tell me a little bit about like, well, yeah, when you first got involved with podcasting and then maybe you're like, oh, like maybe there's an avenue here for for a company. I mean, so 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 I got into it because I, I started my own podcast. So a podcast mm. I've been doing for... A long time, I don't know, six or seven, eight years, I guess, called Rogue Startups, where I just talk about my journey about entrepreneurship and stuff, um, along with my co-host, Dave Rodenbaugh. I started my podcast and I was like, I don't, you know, like a lot of people that maybe listen to the show, I don't have any idea, right? I'm going to use GarageBand. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to use the the blue snowball, right? Just a terrible mic. Don't, don't buy it, right? <laughs> uh, it was terrible. Everything about it was bad. Uh, but then like I learned and I learned more and I learned more and I was like, this is really hard, you know? Like surely there are people out there who value their time more than I do, frankly, because <laughs> it was like a side hustle. I had a, I had a day job at the time, like totally unrelated. And so I was like, surely I could just like sell my time to do this thing as a, you know, it's a productized service. So it was a very fixed kind of deliverable and like didn't charge very much money at all. Did a pretty decent job, I think, but just spent a ton of time on it. That was like a really great way to start. Like I would encourage, I think almost anyone who wants to start a company these days is like start as like a consultancy or an agency. It's just a great way to like get started, learn the industry, the pains that your that your potential clients could have. And then if you want to build like an info product or a course or start a YouTube channel or uh, start a podcast or build a SaaS product or something like that, you can do it. But but you have like the audience and you have the knowledge and the space already that lets you do that. So it was a pretty cool way to like be able to quit my day job because I, I made some money and saved and and had some runway because we had recurring revenue. And then it parlayed into Castos eventually. And, and like we still run that service as we call it Castos Productions. We kind of merged the companies. Uh, a while back. And it's it's still like such a great thing. Well, you know, you do you do a similar thing. Like it's such a great value to to our clients. It's amazing. Totally agree with you too. I think that's a great way to get into business or at least start it as a side hustle. So it sounds like you had some success with that. Then you parlayed that into Castos, which is why you're here. So you are the CEO and founder of Castos. For our audience who who may have never heard of Castos, tell us what it is. So Castos is a podcast hosting and analytics platform. So similar to something you might use like a Buzzsprout or, or Simplecast maybe. Um, and, and we got 
we got our start and still have a, a bunch of kind of our focus uh, in the WordPress ecosystem. So the, the way we started the company is originally just an integration with a plugin that we own called Serious Simple Podcasting. That's how I got started with the company is we acquired that plugin. Today, about a third of our new customers are using WordPress, though they're kind of two thirds are using it as a standalone, using Castos as a standalone tool. We do all the hosting, all the distribution, all the RSS, all the analytics. And then we really we really try to stand apart in two ways. One is monetization, right? So we have kind of a full ad platform. So you can have ads dynamically in, inserted into your content. So it's literally like click a button and you start making money from, from all of your content. And the other is through kind of like re, repurposing and redistribution of your content. So integrations with audiogram tools like Headliner, automatically republishing your content to YouTube, automatic transcriptions. And of course, we're working on some AI to to like really amp up the repurposing of your content. Coming from podcast mode, did you have much of a tech background? Because it sounds like podcast hosting, Definitely talking not. about AI. <laughs> it sounds yeah. like, okay, because I'm, I'm wondering, because yeah, it seems like there's a lot of tech that goes, goes into hosting and stuff on the back end. You're talking about WordPress plugins. So yeah, tell me about how you got into that. Did you hire someone? Did you learn yourself, or what was that like? <laughs> it was te- it was terrible, and still like <laughs> I, I have a very I hope to be a very cautionary tale to non technical founders. So if you're not already a developer, just straight up like it's it's one of the last things I would do, right? Like it's so much easier to run a podcast motor or a productized service or a social media marketing agency or whatever, whatever it is. Like, it's just so much easier. You learn a thing and you learn how to do it. And then you sell that thing to other people, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's just such a straightforward business model. The P&L of it is pretty straightforward just because you have hours and they have a cost. And then that's basically it. Mm-hmm. But with SaaS, I mean, first of all, like you got to build the thing, first of all. Uh, and oh then you got to figure out how to imagine. get people yeah. there. And like, I'm not a developer, so... Actually, the hardest thing, even to this day, is is how to talk to developers. Like how how I say, I want to build. Okay, I want to build an AI tool that takes your audio content and creates a whole bunch of different written versions of it. You know, how do you say that to a developer to where they can build the thing that you want? It is an art and a science, and is not intuitive to someone who's not a developer. They're they're just a, a different breed. Now, enormous respect for them. Like I could never do it, but like enormous respect. And and like for a non-technical person to learn how to communicate effectively with developers is super, super, super hard. That's my cautionary tale (laughs) is like, don't do it unless you think you have some sort of advantage, I guess. And maybe like one of the reasons we were successful is our advantage was we acquired this WordPress plugin, which is like a customer acquisition channel, right? Like Free plugin, twenty thousand people using it. We add, you know, a paid option to it. Essentially, is is what we did. So you can use Serious and Simple Podcasting by itself today, and like self-host your files on your WordPress server. Bad idea, right? But you could do it, or you could use that and then connect it to Castos, and and that's what the first version of of the tool was. So we had a version or a degree of like customer acquisition kind of built in from the plugin. But I would say if I didn't have that or some other kind of advantage or avenue to where I thought I could kind of easily get get customers, like there's no way I would do it, especially today. And we're we're five years in, five or six years in. (laughs) And like it's in a lot of ways, like SaaS is getting easier in a lot of ways getting harder because like the marketing is so much more competitive. Were you like the world needs another podcast hosting platform at that point? Were you pretty early? Were you ahead of the Buzzsprouts and the Captivates and pretty early on? 
we are after the Buzzsprouts, but definitely just before the Captivator, the Transistor, or the OSHA, or the billions of or the other ones that are that there's are out so there many. now. You know, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. so many. I mean, you, you think back. There's there's you know Libsyn and Blueberry first, right, and then like Simplecast and Buzzsprout and Podbean maybe next, and that was kind of it. So we looked at that and said, like, heck yeah, we can do better than those guys, right? Like, I mean, you look, man. No, not to disparage any of them, but like. You know, they're resting on their laurels to to a large extent, I think, especially the the original kind of players. And objectively, like we have we have a lot better tools than, than a lot of them. And I think we people come over to us from those platforms. They're like, man, this looks like it's built in the 80s. You know, um, like I don't want to I don't want to use this. I don't want to show my advertisers, you know, uh, analytics graphs from from this. It makes me look like a joke. And, and so I think that like you put aside like the the value propositions we have i think three things one's wordpress two is like repurposing content and three is is like monetization but also just like being a really 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 great piece of software and that's that's hard and hard to quantify but i think that we will always have that advantage and it's just kind of to what degree we have it over some of the other ones cuz we have some really good competition now uh, of some of the other kind of newer players i wanted to talk about and i think it's fairly new from what i've seen is the castos originals one, tell us about it. What type of shows are you producing? What you're excited about? And kind of, are you chasing after like the wonderies of the world? Or, you, you know, like... <laughs> no, is the short answer there. What's the vibe behind all that? So so I'm going to parlay this into a question for you, if you don't mind. But um, so the idea with Castos Originals is we started our audience podcast a few years ago. I don't know, whatever, a few years ago. And it, it, it's it's original like kind of incantation was like behind the scenes look at what it takes to build a real podcast right pretty kind of like one hundred one or two hundred one level stuff, and then we said like that's like that's not great like we want to do better than that, and it's incantation today is like how to make really freaking great content <laughs> like NPR level stuff and Stuart from our team does the show like I have I have absolutely nothing to do with the, the podcast now mm-hmm. because it's just way frankly it's like way beyond like my capabilities. Like I, I can't make a podcast that good, but we have that. And so that's like way up here. We acquired a podcast called Three Clips done by Jay Akunzo. It was very similar. Like, hey, Jay, very smart guy, right? Takes three clips from a podcast, really breaks them down and talks about like why they're so good and then interviews the host about, about the podcast. So we kind of said like, that's cool. Like, why don't we take a spin on that and just have longer form discussions about like, hey, tell me about how you, how you kind of do your craft. And that's what audience is now. And then actually the inspiration is is HubSpot. So HubSpot has a pretty robust podcast network, all like B, mostly B2B, but also kind of like entrepreneur, if you think of things like My First Million, right? The idea behind Acastos Originals is like, it's the umbrella, it's the network, if you will, of our podcast. We just launched a show called The Limelight where I interview other podcasters. It's more of a format experiment. It's 10 to 15 minutes and, and really video first. So, so that's what is kind of different there. So it's like, we, we feel that YouTube is, is an enormous opportunity. I saw your video from, from a couple weeks about it. And I want to ask about, about that, but like that, that's the angle that that show is taking is like talking to their podcaster. We really want to just pull like one nugget out of that, that interview. That's why it's so short. It's like, what's one amazing thing you do that, that people can take away and, and kind of impart on their shows. And then we wanted to do, make it kind of video first because like we've done some video stuff, but I've never done a video first podcast to do that so that I can go to our customers and to, to the market and say like, okay, this is what audio first looks and feels like to make. And this is what video first kind of looks and feels like to make. And then we have kind of eyes on several more shows, one around the creator economy. 
and one around like kind of B2B sales and marketing. Those are the kind of two more that are going to round out the Castos original series and and the other two will go live in probably the third quarter. So late summer, 2023. Love that, man. Love that you're thinking about like original content and just different ways to uh, introduce, yeah, the, the ideas of content creation to people and kind of digging into that. I love the creator economy. I think I think people get a lot of value. I think people in our space get a lot of value from stuff like that because I think it's kind of a buzzword now. Like everyone wants to be some kind of creator, it seems like. And so I think... I'm into that kind of stuff, educational stuff, tips, tricks, just trying to help people that have some kind of creative vision, entrepreneur vision. Um, So I think that's rad, man. Yeah, yeah. Can I ask you a question? Uh, I totally. saw your yeah, I saw yeah. your video about uh, about video podcasting. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd love to hear, like, for folks that didn't maybe like tune in or something, like, what's your what's your take on it? Like today, someone starting a new show or thinking about how to like take their show to the next level. Like, what's your what's your take on video? So personally. I've struggled with video. I come from a big audio background. Before I got into podcasting, I'm an audio engineer here in LA for TV and film. So my whole life has just been audio, audio, audio. But obviously, the the last few years with podcasting and and content creation type of stuff, you got to be on video. And so personally, I've struggled with that. I think I'm in a good place with it now. I think video is just a great way to connect more deeply with a person because you get to see their whole vibe, their whole brand. I know audio is like an intimate experience, but I think with video, you kind of just get a feel for who they are. Just seeing their face and, and, you know, scrolling Instagram and that's popping up in your feed clips all the time. I think it just gets people to kind of, yeah, get more comfortable with your brand. I think people relate to like, yeah, your style and it sounds stupid, but how you look and your colors and how you dress. And I think people like some of that on on one level. I think video can be challenging because it's like, does someone really want to watch a video of me talking? Probably not. If you already have some sort of influence or, you know, you're, you're for lack of a better term, like a celebrity or something, I think people yeah. are, are drawn to watch that type of stuff for like the average person. I don't know that video is going to add a ton of value on like them then going and downloading the podcast and listening via audio, which is how most people are monetizing unless the YouTube channel is massive. It's obviously great for clips. I think clips are important for like brand awareness. I'm still on the fence of whether or not people looking at clips then drives them to go actually like subscribe and follow the podcast. What have you been seeing? Because I come from a little, I guess, a little bit of the traditionalist where, yeah, people see the clips, but then do they hop off Instagram or YouTube, then go search for the podcast on Apple and then follow it? It seems like a leap, but then it's like you kind of have to be on video. But does that actually drive the podcast or does that just more drive like your brand? I, I don't know, to be honest. A little of both. Yeah, to- totally. And I-, I think it's a very fair question. Like, I think how I think about it, it, like the reason we started a video first podcast is I think YouTube is great for exposure. And it probably from 99% stops at-, at YouTube. There's no one who goes from there to Spotify to subscribe <laughs> to the website to sign up for Castos hosting. A- and I think that like shorts, especially off of YouTube. So we, you know, we publish a bunch of stuff on TikTok. No one goes from TikTok to say, hey, I need Castos. Let's go, let's go sign up for this stuff. But right. what I hope is that they see our stuff. And then when they're ready to sign up for a, a podcast and get it, they're gonna be like, I saw this guy 
don't really remember the name. And they're looking yeah. around and they're like, that's the guy. I've seen, I've seen that freaking guy like everywhere. Totally. And hopefully they've, you know, learned something or, or, or it's helped in some way, uh, you know, in that process. But, but that's really the goal for me is like, it's mostly like brand exposure for, for brand new people. And then it's, it's just like those extra touch points to say like, hey, you might have heard me on this podcast. And then you see me in YouTube shorts as you're flipping there, you know, scrolling through your phone on Friday night. And then in six months, when you want to start a podcast, you're like, man, I saw this guy like two or three times. Like this is, he must mean something. And, and I'll just say, I'll go back to HubSpot just because I think like they do such a great job of this. They call it surround sound, right? Like, like they literally want to appear on the entire first page of Google, right? Paid YouTube featured snippet, all this kind of stuff. And, and if you did that and you're like, best free CMS or whatever, and you saw like 10 results for HubSpot, you'd be like, well, duh, I'll just get the, because they're obviously the best. Like if you don't know anything else and that happened, you'd be like, well, this is obviously it. And you think, I, I think about it in the, in the creator economy, right? Like Think Media or Pat Flynn or Roberto Blake or something. You're like, you go a primal video, you go and you search anything to do with the creator economy. And those people are everywhere. I don't even, I don't even think about it. Instantly, I'm like, of course, those are like, if I have a question, I'm going to ask one of those five people. A hundred percent. They're like, oh yeah, that guy, that company. And, and the hope is that that will lead to maybe to a sale or a relationship or who knows. That's kind of my stance on video as well. I've never actually done something video first. I've always like repurposed. And personally, I got to admit, my, my video game is a little weak. I'm, I'm trying to work on that. It's, it's been a little bit of a challenge for me just because it's something new that I haven't done a whole lot of. I'll tell you, I think like just getting pretty into video in the last like few months, at least, I think that we as podcasters have an advantage because people expect, you know, the big old mic in front of our face and, and expect it to be like to, to sound really good first. And then like if there's a video aspect to it, that that's cool. But like. I don't, I don't think the expectation of a podcaster on YouTube is the same as, uh, you know, a YouTuber. Um, so, so I think that we get off of, uh, you know, quite a bit easier, which is, which is really good. I've been recently following you on LinkedIn and this kind of goes into what we're talking about. You've been putting out snippets. You're working on building your personal brand. Would love to hear more about that. It's podcast related, but I've known also talking about like mentorship and business-related things. So it, it, tell me a little bit about that. It's kind of exciting, right? It's really intimidating. And it's it's very much stretching me personally. Um, sure. You know, for a long time, I didn't want to do any of this stuff. I wanted, you know, we had someone on our team, Matt Baderos. Matt, Matt's an amazing, amazing person, amazing creator, who hired because I didn't want to do any of this stuff. And it's just not, it's just not me. I, I kind of saw that like, Man, uh, like I want to be the face. I need to be the face of of the company because it's my company. And <laughs> like, <Yeah>. no <laughs> one's gonna, no one's gonna relate all of the things and all the things I know uh, about business and podcasting and you know being a creator like like I can. And so, so I took a step in in that direction, and it's been been really challenging, man. Like, really, you know, working out a system for it. I wrote a blog post on on my site about my system, it's, it's pretty good. You know, I spend about an hour every other week on, on it. So, so it's not like a ton of time, but it takes more mental energy than anything. Cause like on those days, like on Tuesday mornings, every other week, I'm toast. I mean, I spend an hour with my executive assistant and we create a ton of stuff. And then after that, I, I literally just got to go take a walk and like, I can't do anything for like an hour. Cause I'm just like totally spent. 
And I think that's the big difference between like podcasting and video is like video is just so intense. Oh, it's exhausting. Yeah, like podcasting, you just grab the mic. Like I'm, half the time I'm in like pajamas or like <laughs> then yeah, with video, it's it, it's it's mentally draining a hundred percent. Like yeah, just the lighting in your face. And another thing that people look into to shift to video for repurposing or video first is being aware of some like body language, trying to met juggle looking at notes while also looking into the lens of the camera while also like engaging if it's an interview. Yeah, I can relate to you on that, man. I mean, I think the the reasoning behind it and kind of where it is is like, I think all of us, whether you're a, a solo person or a medium-sized company or a big company, the person behind the brand is the most important. No pressure on you as the as the head of the company, but like you are the most important thing. And leaning into that, I think is really healthy, especially, and, and this is a big reason, especially now with AI. Right. Because I mean, legit, ChatGPT can write a way better newsletter or blog post than I can today. And it's just, it's in its infancy. You know, it's a two year old right now. Um, but ChatGPT or AI will never be me, you know, and will never have my personality and my perspectives and my ability to connect with a camera or a microphone. And, and so, like, I'm super, super, super bullish on audio and video as branding and marketing channels for people and the brands behind the people or the people behind the brands, depending on how you look at it. And and that's basically like our marketing strategy right now is like AI is going to, in the next three years, really consume SEO and organic traffic, I think. I feel a little bit safer that we've been blogging for eight years, you know, with, with Podcast Motor and Castos, and we have an enormous amount of written content. Uh, I feel pretty good that we have that because that's like what AI is trained on. Um, it is like you know a lot of a lot of our stuff. I think going forward, people are just going to like not go to Google. They're going to go to Bard or ChatGPT or whatever to get their answers, or it's just going to be in the thing they're using. So they just don't need to Google stuff anymore. And so the way to connect really, and I think connection is going to be so much more important, is multimedia. You know, audio and and video. Speaking of blogs, I want to talk about your blog because I think I sent you a friendly message like I've been secretly trying to outrank you on certain keywords for certain posts. <laughs> but <laughs> all that being said, I love your blog. You guys do a great job. I know Dennis writes some articles, but tell me about the blog, the strategy for that, for SEO, and if maybe monetizing some of it on the back end through affiliate stuff. Is is that something you're doing? Yeah. It's funny, like, I'm not a developer, so I have to be like a sales and marketing person <laughs> in the business. And, and like, I have a sales background, so I'm pretty good at that. But when it comes to marketing, like, the only thing I know is content, you know, and it's podcasting and now it's video and a little bit of social, but but most of it is written content. So like, blogging, SEO, inbound, you know, organic rankings. And we've been we've been doing it from day one with Podcast Motor, so like eight years we're very intentional about it from an SEO perspective. And I think that's like looked down upon a lot. People um, are like, oh, you're just writing for Google. No, like Google's really smart, right? <laughs> Google's really, really smart. They're answering the question that everyone has. And so like, I think what we're doing is just putting our brand and our perspective in front of potential customers, right? They have a question, we answer it. And that I think that's actually really authentic. We've been publishing at least a blog post a week for eight years. Oh, 
so much juice built up with Google. That's yeah. that's awesome. You know, over the years, we've done a little bit of everything. Like we've done some link building, all very kind of white hat. Uh, we've done partnerships. We've done guest posting, both receiving and, you know, doing outreach. All of those work some. Uh, and I think the, the the magic is just like doing it every week for eight years and just being like really intentional about like, okay, what do we want to write about? Who's it for? What kind of stage of the buyer journey are they in? Like, why would they want to be looking for this thing? And then, like, how can we answer that question and provide as much value as, as possible? And most of the time, like, people come to our blog and read it and never buy Castos and are never our customers. And that that that's fine, right? And, and then sometimes they they come and we answer a question they have. The, the best ones are, like, when we can answer a question they have about how to do a podcasting thing with our tool. That's the best. And you know, there's an SEO tool called Hrefs, and they're the masters at this. Like all of their content is how to do keyword research with Hrefs, how to yep. uh, you know find hidden niches with Hrefs, and so we try to do a lot of that. But but I mean, podcasting is just not that hard, and so like we've written all <laughs> <Yeah>. those <laughs> posts at this point. I think we're seeing some diminishing returns from written content just because we've done so much of it. And maybe that's the other reason why, like, expanding Casto's Originals and expanding the YouTube channel is, like, both of those are are forms of content. You know, I, I think of it as, like, content 2.0. It's, like, it's not just blogging. It's other stuff to answer people's question, relay your value, and just get in front of folks at, at the right time, hopefully, so they, they learn to, like, know, like, and trust you. That's really the goal. Uh, I'll answer the question about affiliates. Uh, we definitely have a couple of affiliates that we that we work with that we recommend their products. I mean, we, we go both ways. We have affiliates at Castos that, you know, people recommend Castos and we give them a percentage of revenue, but we recommend products through Amazon. Um, so, you know, microphones and stands and cameras and all that kind of stuff. And a little bit of like tools. So like Riverside that we're recording on or Squadcast or a couple of like email providers and things like that. We do it very selfishly <laughs> because our goal every year is to pay for our company retreat. And we're actually, I'm leaving tomorrow. We're going We're going to Greece for four days. And then the last two days after that is the big WordPress conference in Europe. So the goal is to pay for our retreat with affiliate revenue every year because it's free, right? It just sits there and it makes money. It's truly passive income. And so that's the goal is for our little bit of affiliate stuff that I know has no real business value, but it pays for our retreat. And, and this year we're, we're very, very close. Dude, that's so cool. Love that you're going to Greece. Love that, uh, yeah, just that angle of using that to pay for the company retreat. I think that's rad, man. What? Uh, where are you going in Greece? Athens. Yeah. Cool. Dude, yeah, I've been to Athens uh, a couple of years ago. I had a friend that got married in Italy. We went to Athens and then my childhood friend is Greek. So he took us to an island that his family grew up on, which is kind mm. of one of the more low-key islands. But it was like a super... Uh, like local experience. That's so cool. Pumped for you on that. That's rad. Speaking of company retreat, I want to talk a little bit about company culture because I saw on your website, which I didn't know that you run the company based on renewable energy. What else that you value that you try to implement amongst the staff and customers and just hear a little bit more about like the inner workings? I think when it comes to it's like being good stewards of the world, right? Like to, to, to me personally, and that's the cool thing about being like the CEO is I just can decide that like we're doing this thing. We do two things around climate. Uh, one is we participate in Stripe's climate program. So we give 1% of all of our revenue to Stripe Climate, which is not carbon offsets because they're lame. 
It's like carbon capture and like kind of playing offense against climate change. Uh, so we give 1% of our revenue every year to uh, to Stripe Climate, and they are just amazing at like finding good programs to fund. And we've put, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars into that program at this point, which is awesome. Makes me feel super good. Like if I can create a company that has value that we can give some money to this thing to do the world good, like amazing, right? Everything else is kind of gravy. The renewable energy thing is actually really cool. Uh, also kind of partnered with Stripe Climate. It is a little more like carbon offsets where we we pledge some money to create renewable energy sources in the United States, mostly just because all of our infrastructure is based in the United States between AWS and Cloudflare, like most of our kind of hardware is is housed there and it's housed in the United States. And it's actually really simple. You, you kind of calculate your carbon footprint as a company. So that's like for us, like people and servers and all this stuff. And we took that number, did as best we could. We doubled it. Uh, and then we just purchased, yeah, I forget the exact term, but essentially like carbon offsets, um, like renewed, renewable energy credits is what they're called, against that to where we can say like, hey, we did our best to estimate it. I doubled that amount. And then we bought an offset of that. We're funding clean energy production in the United States. Uh, and that's how we can claim that we're, we're run on renewable energy. So, so that's like the, the the being a good steward of the world side of things and super, super cool. Everyone in our team is really super aligned with that, which, which is cool. I think it's part of our culture. And I think that like all the way back to like the interviewing phase, like people who aren't into that or don't think that's cool, like it's obviously just not a good fit um, for our culture. I think in terms of the team, like we're definitely re- remote. We always have been and, and definitely will always be. About half our team is in North America between the US and Canada. About half our team is in Europe. If I had to like distill it down, it would be like curiosity is a really important thing to us, right? Like ooh, what what's behind this? Why are customers doing that? What What's going on with YouTube? Why is this a thing? Where is AI go? Like curiosity across the board. Uh, and then like between departments, if you will, like we're, we're not a huge team, we're nine people, but like a support person should be able to come to a marketing person and say like, hey, why'd you do this thing? Like what what's going on? And not being critical, but just like, hey, I want to understand this so I can better support you here. And, and then like no jerks, like there, there, <laughs> there's just no, there's no place for, for jerks, right? So like we just have a very cool vibe. Everybody works hard. Everybody knows what the goal is. And then, like, let's just love each other and and support each other. And like, it's a little woo woo, but like, it's just so important because like, it's super hard, and we don't need a bunch of friction to make it harder. You know, I think just finding good people. I think that industry is well, it's not that new anymore, but it's always changing. And I think that curiosity piece is huge because it's like you kind of have to keep up with. It seems like every week there's like some kind of development in podcasting. So I think yeah, having people that are hungry. And, and looking forward to what's in the future and being curious about things that they could implement within the company. I think that's huge. And I think because we're in the, an industry that's, uh, you know, rapidly evolving, there's a lot of room for fun stuff and cool ideas and like good people that are that are uh, interested in that type of stuff. So that's cool that you kind of built a culture around that. And it kind of works with uh, just the overall uh, podcast industry. As we wrap up here, Craig, two-part question. Tell me, what are you excited about in the podcasting industry? It's rapidly changing, like I just mentioned. There's all kinds of newsletters and different companies acquiring other companies and uh, AI. So tell me what you're excited about, what you're looking forward to, and then leave us with a one podcast. We'll also plug your own, but leave us with another podcast that you think people should listen to. 
Gosh, so so I hate to be trite, but I, I'm really excited <laughs> about AI ju- just in general. I actually think it applies less to podcasting than probably most of the rest of our lives. Okay, um, whether you're a creator and a tech person or not, like in a couple of years, AI will be driving a lot of stuff. And so, like, I just am super curious about what's going on with it and how I can use it, how we can deliver value to our customers with AI, like the, the whole thing. So like that, that's just super interesting. I have no answers at all, but I have ideas <laughs> of where things are going and, and just very glad to be at this point in time to be like, you know, not in the middle of things, but like maybe just on the sideline to, to be able to like watch, watch what's happening. So, so like that's super cool. Podcasting in particular, we've been just super bullish on direct listener support as a mechanism to monetize your show for a very long time. Okay. And we just this week launched the very first kind of version of what we call Castos Commerce, which is the ability to accept donations from from your listeners directly. Okay. So fully hosted, Stripe integration, checkout, all on one page. To me, it's the future of like the small indie creator is not like be beholden to, you know, the CPM model and ads and all this garbage and just say like, hey, hundreds of thousands of downloads. Yeah. yeah. If you're enjoying this show, like, hey, drop over to whatever my website.com slash support and give me five bucks, right? Like it makes a huge deal. It covers my hosting bill or it pays the editor or whatever. Sure. And like you can think about it. if you have dozens of people doing that, like you're making decent money. And it's just so much easier than than the CPM model. So I'm just super bullish on it in general. I think the stuff with both Apple and Spotify around like paid subscriptions, super interesting. The rebel in me says like, <laughs> screw that. I don't want to do that. I want I want do it our yourself. customers to be able to be independent so they yeah. don't have to give 30 or 50% to those platforms. Um, like we don't take a dime when people transact through Castos Commerce. Like they, they keep all of it. And so, yeah, just... A fascinating time to see like how all this is changing and and like what it means. I, I don't have any again. I don't have any answers. Very glad that we're in a really cool position to participate in it and hopefully deliver some cool value to folks. So yeah, that's what I'm excited about. The answer about podcast that I would recommend. Uh, it's a marketing one. It's called Marketing Against the Grain. It's part of the HubSpot network. Super super cool show. Really kind of forward-looking marketing guys. Both used to be at HubSpot. One guy now heads up marketing at Zapier. So Zapier and HubSpot kind of CMOs talking about marketing. I think those are two really progressive, uh, high-performing marketing companies. And so to hear them talk about what they think is going on is amazing. And surprisingly, or not surprisingly, it's all about AI right now. So um, definitely worth checking out. Cool, man. Just appreciate you coming on. Appreciate talking to you, getting to learn more about Castos and uh, letting our listeners know what you do and and what you're going to be doing. So thanks, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. This was fun. 